You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcaster, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 35. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelena Levin and Pontus Spökman. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey, son, hey, son! Hey! <laughs> Hello! Hi! Cool thing, Jelena and I are sitting next to each other. Yay! Yeah, I hear you've moved in together now, that's good. <laughs> uh, Don't spread the rumors. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> We're still working on that. <laughs> no, no, no. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm back to London. And uh, since I am here today, on the day of our recording, uh, we decided to do it together. Yeah, good for you. I'm a little bit jealous. I want to be there as well. Wait for QED to come. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to be there together and we're going to make a recording. All three of us. Are All be three of exciting. us together. Yeah. Mm, can't wait to do that. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> oh, by the way, QED. QED. Guys, have you seen uh, the nice recommendation from Kylie Sturgis? No, haven't. Regarding the Occam Awards? <laughs> no, haven't. On Twitter, she's, she went, This year, how about at Doubtful News, at Crispian Yago, and at ESPodcast underscore AU? Wee! Yeah. That's uh, what an honor. Yeah. So thank you very much, Kylie. It's yeah. very kind of you. It's a, it's a real honor. And uh, since the nomination period is on for the 2016 Occam Awards, in which there is a category of a podcast as well, if our dear listeners think our podcast is worthy of an award like that, um, please nominate us. How can they do that? Um, they can go on the website of The Skeptic, the magazine. You know, the Occam Awards. We talked about that with uh, Deborah Hyde last time. Sure, yeah. And um, yeah, you can go on the website. It's skeptic.org.uk. Yeah. And right on the opening, opening site, you'll see the call for the Occam Awards nominations. All right, so you don't even have to look far, too far. No. And no, too no, long. No. And too long. Yeah, so please do, um, and would be honored. Yeah. How are you guys? Good. Feeling good. Very well. Uh, I noticed the Olympics is on. Oh, no. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I noticed that uh, it didn't take more than a couple of days until we get the first uh, woo reported from the Olympics. Have you seen it? No, no, no. Uh, no tell us. Lots of athletes are showing up with cupping marks on their bodies. So they're, you know, cup, cupping therapy? No. Oh, yeah. No, where what, you, the, what is it? You, well, you heat, heat the cup. It's, it's usually a glass cup. Right. And, and then you apply it to the skin. And as the air cools, it creates a suction. Right. So basically you get a hickey. And why? The, well, yeah, the big question is why. It's supposed to be beneficial, but it normally just leaves you with a bruise. Yeah, I think that the ideology behind it is that something like um, it helps the muscles work uh, with the blood flow. Blah, 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 blah. Sounds very dangerous. It sounds very dangerous because if you maybe overheat the cup, it can easily break on your skin. Yeah, no, it ha there has been uh, reports of some. I don't think it's very dangerous, but I don't think I don't think it does any good at all. Yeah, but uh, but you see them showing up. Like, you know, a couple of years ago, it was uh, uh, kinesiology tape. Did you rem do you remember that? Everybody oh, showed yeah. up with different colored tape on their bodies, and now it's <laughs> power uh, balance, power balance bracelets, power balance bands. Yeah, no, it's always something. Did anybody show up with a third eye yet? Like in the middle of their forehead? <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. That, I'm sure that day is but not what, far off. What kind of sports do you use it for? And a third eye and what? Archery, but that's about balancing your chi and your energy. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> or something. Or know. facts. Uh, okay. Facts and internet told me so. Anyway. But I, I think it's quite telling that, I mean, it's quite common that athletes are superstitious and they, they grab for every, any, you know, anything 
thing that could give you a little bit of an edge over the competition. Yeah. You say, okay, why not try it? Why not try it? So they try everything. And I also think it's a very a good area to explore and study the placebo effect because of how bigger influence it's got on their psyche and the brain and how they actually motivate yeah. themselves and then um, how they perform, you know. So it's yeah. it's a very great area for, for exploration. Yeah. It's a bit like wearing your lucky underwear. Yeah. 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 But I, I, I still stand amazed when I see someone breaking a new record mm. because there is only so much you can achieve. And that's when you start dubbing. That's when you start... Uh, using different things, drugs and chemicals. Mm. And that's when you start cheating. Yeah. Because after a while, you, you just don't know how to set a new record, how to break the record. Yeah, it's amazing. But now that, that you said it, I, I remember seeing a few photos of, I think, swimmers. Yeah. Having those spots. Mm. Yeah. Mm, the cut marks. <laughs> Good. Crazy. Yeah. Do you watch the Olympic Games? I don't. No, I haven't done it yet. I probably will look uh, somewhat later if I, I have f the time. I find it hard to get into. I guess if you do generally like sports, you, you probably enjoy. But um... The other thing is that, you know, this uh, thing with the nationalities, it's, uh, the, it's a competition based on what nationality you are and uh it doesn't really appeal to me no that idea so do you remember uh, yellow now talking about um art yes artistic rights together? that's right yeah the irish uh, company i think since we did that there have been two other uh podcasts dealing with the topic and it's and and this shows how important that topic is yeah I think it is, yeah, yeah. It was the Skeptic Zone uh, with Richard Saunders, um, episode 406, on which uh, there was even um, an interview with Fiona O'Leary, who started the, oh, right. okay. the Autistic Rights Together. Yeah, yeah. And she's the one being threatened with a lawsuit for absolutely rightly criticizing a well-known crank is there, is there any more development field. with this? Um, no, but there was a, a very nice discussion on uh, the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe as well about this. They concluded that it really doesn't hold water, this threatening uh, with a lawsuit, because it would not stand in, uh, in the court, no. the, the actual case. Yeah. So they yeah. can sue them, but that there won't be a case. Mm. No, and that's exactly what the um, article was talking about. But... I do think that we should show, I mean, internationally support towards Fiona O'Leary and Autistic Rights Together art um, that's out of uh, Ireland. Because uh, we should show that, that this is just not right, threatening someone for absolutely right, rightly criticizing something that they put out there uh, on purpose. Um, whenever a film appears on the market it's bound to be criticized right yep so they shouldn't whine over it <laughs> and this is just how much of a crank andrew wakefield and his his yeah. uh, team is but i think there is a an, um, very good opportunity for this to be like a showcase in a good way you know if if it does go further of course they're gonna lose they've got no leg to stand on yeah, and then we can basically tell them I told you so, and use it as an example. And I'm hoping that if it ever goes to court, that they will lose it. Yeah, but the problem is that even though, even though they won't win, it will cost a lot of money for the person who has yeah. to defend herself. And, yeah, that's, and that's the that's, only... that's, that's the big yeah. problem. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. So this is why. Uh, I'd like to call for everyone. Uh, this is this is what Richard Saunders did as well. Um, I'd like to emphasize the need for 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 the support from from every single organization, every single country, that this is just not right. And if we need to, do you remember that this is what Deborah said um, about the potential in the skeptical community? That when we need to unite, we can unite. Yeah, yeah. 
And this can potentially be a situation in which we need to unite mm -hmm. and stand up for this case against the quackery and against this absolutely aggressive behavior from their side. Any new experience with Pokemon Go? <laughs> no, I've just uh, I've, I've been sc uh, scanning the headlines for Pokemon Go uh, specifically just to see how far people go to a sell the newspapers and um, get as much traffic on their internet pages as possible, and b how many people were stupid enough to get hurt in the process of playing Pokemon Go. And there's all sorts coming up already: people dead, injured, scammed, robbed. <laughs> also, like really, really terrible. Like the whole world is coming to an end because of Pokemon. Yeah. And I'm like, meh. Do I believe any of this nonsense? Probably 10%. Yeah. So you didn't get any, into any trouble, Pontus, with your son, right? No, but no, but it, it's. I think it's very positive, actually. We went down yesterday, my son and I went down to the local library here because there was a Pokemon Go event that was uh, advertised uh, in a local Facebook group. No way. And there were all, I'm sure there were four to five hundred people there. Really? And That's amazing. Everybody, everybody was having a great time and they had small competitions and they handed out small tokens of awards for the people who found their Pokemon <laughs> first. Good, yeah. It was really very, very positive. So I'm That's all great. for it. I'm all for it. Good. And have you heard about your uh, fellow citizen? Uh, who, the, who who the was the third person in the world to catch them all or something like that no 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 the, no? the one who hurt himself on a fence no i didn't hear that to try no. to try to get into the the, uh, the through the fence to the olympic stadium <laughs> why am i not surprised and, uh, yeah and he, he actually stabbed himself on the on the oh. thigh you know what i really don't have any compassion i'm i'm sorry i should be more compassionate <laughs> no, but I, I think, I think that these things happens all the time anyway, yeah. because people are so used to going with their, their phones in their on in their noses all the time. So I think people get hurt all the time. But it, it's this now it's just a new thing. I mean, I don't think uh, the number of injuries are, are going up. It's just that it's focused on this particular game at the moment. Yeah, and there are all sorts of uh, Darwin Award-winning uh, cases already. Yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I love the Darwin Awards, though. Yeah. it's. You don't aspire to get one, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like it that that much. Or but that's that one way. price we don't want to be nominated for. No. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> So we say we just stick, stick to the Outcome Awards. Shall we start a podcast? <laughs> yeah, we should. And we should, um, again, like always, thank people for all the good feedback they sent us and comments and notes and uh, emails notifying us about events. That's great. Thank you very much. Keep them coming, guys. Oh, and that one specific uh, email, I just want to mention it because it was hilarious. Um when we talked about the uh, exorcism, oh yeah, uh, we received a um, wonderful email with the picture attached to it um, of the actual exorcism monthly uh, magazine that was taken by one of our listeners, Adam. Uh, thanks so much again, Adam. And uh, it was pretty great shot because not only because of the exorcism monthly had <laughs> Al Pacino on it, but because the Pope was giving it some thumbs up. It was just. Priceless, like Pontus said. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that was great. That was amazing. Thanks. Anyway, and, and everybody by the else. Way, and by the way, that that photo of Al Pacino on Exorcism Monthly, that was out of the movie. Yes, the, the Devil's Devil's Advocate. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. I need to watch it again. You know, the, the, my favorite moment is when he he touches with his finger. It touches the holy water, and that—that's when all sorts of bad things happen. Right at that moment, I love that. Yeah, I'm a good skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> so thanks very much again. So, let's get rolling. Yay! Yelena, would you like to tell us um, something interesting about this day? I would very much like to do that. On the 12th of August, Yelena Petrovna Blavatska was born. You're um, kidding. You're kidding. 
She was actually called Yelena. Yes, she was Yelena. Yeah. Wow. Yelena is a very famous, uh, very popular name in Russia. I yeah, have I seen a, uh, I have seen a one a very clever uh, article um, heading that went like this: one extra large medium, and that's what she was. <laughs> Uh, which I thought I was, it was quite. Anyway, she was an occultist, spirit medium, and author who also co-founded the Theosophical Society in 1875. Um, and she also gained a, a big international following um, as the leading theoretician of theosophy. So uh, once I start researching more about her, it was like a black hole. There was so much information uh, of what she did, what she claimed to do, what power she claimed to possess, etc. And um, uh, James Randi's foundation had a really good article about her. And uh, there were all sorts of wonderful claims that are listed on, in this article. For a while, she was employed as an assistant to a medium called Daniel Holm. And this is where she learned some of the tricks of the trades, so to speak, in the spiritualism. But um, she wasn't very... Uh, cautious when she was doing them so she she got caught um after she set up the um, medium shop in cairo egypt so she was exposed as, as as a fake during the process and then she had to flee the country and never come back now this kind of sort of pattern followed her for a while and she also um was caught doing some sort of a trickery and uh uh fake seances in india etc until finally uh, uh, she moved to england and set up this um, uh, society so um though blavatsky was proven a fraud in her lifetime and even finally admitted it apparently uh, her theosophical society continued on and uh, there are chapters in several countries even today including united states and uh, her followers apparently and I i'm not surprised about that but they would say things like sure she was you know she had a streak of charlatanism in her but you have to look past that and read her teachings for what they really are <laughs> well i tell you a couple of teachings and a couple of things that she wrote um which are reminding me of other religion that i'll mention later so what are those teachings uh, blavatsky's theosophy deals with such hokum as the seven root races all right strap in everybody you're gonna like that the godlike giant Aryan race lived on Atlantis and lost their godlike status by intermarrying with the semi-human Jews. Poor Jews, they always get the, the, the worst. <laughs> the intermarrying with Jews caused the Aryans to devolve, according to Blavatsky. Blavatsky called Judaism religion of hate and malice towards everyone and everything outside itself. While the Aryans were the most advanced people spiritually, so it, it goes on and on. So there were seven, seven races. One of the races, let me just, let me just, just read about this one race. Um, the story goes on and um, there was uh, something to do with Atlantis. The next root race were invisible and they were made of, what do you think they were made of? Fire mist. <laughs> and lived at the North Pole. I mean, how? And why? And who would ever believe this kind of thing? <sighs> what nonsense. Um, so anyway, so she wrote the whole book about how the, we are now race number six, I believe, and there'll be a, a seventh race that comes after us, a better race. Um, somewhat of a anti-Semitic, I would say, direction altogether. Um, Sounds a lot of it, yeah. And um, I think some of it <laughs> been picked up by some of the Nazis at the time, and uh, they obviously ran with it. Why not? So yeah, just um, run of the mill charlatan. Um, nothing new. I did well, the tricks that I read about. They were all you know similar as as, as any any other charlatan. She probably had some sort of charisma and the, the, um, the passion for her pretended cause to obviously uh let people lead people mm -hmm. um and I, like i said there's still a big following um and the new age apparently was derived from this theosophical society um so it just still keeps hold of the people regardless regardless of the fact that she has been found to be a fraud and admitted it herself so i don't know what people need to in order to see the light at the end mm. Hmm. Because she admitted the... Uh, oh, they thought, oh, okay, good for you, we'll forgive you kind of thing. But the other things you yeah, told us she's about honest. this fire she's mist, honest. fire mist people. So this, you know, the parallel I wanted to draw was with the um, 
the religion from America. Um, that Mormon, was set Mormonism. Up, Mormon. No, not the other one. The other one. Set up by Ron, Ron Hubbard. Uh, Scientology. Oh, Scientology. Scientology. Good old Ron, who uh, started it as a science fiction book and then thought, ah. <laughs> this could work. Yeah. As a religion. Well, I mean, if that works. Mm. Yeah, if you think about it, Star Trek is becoming a, uh, has become a religion as well. So uh, Star Wars <laughs> yeah, has but become they, a religion. Uh, so. but, but they not really uh, take advantage of gullible people and employing kids as slaves and things no, like that. No, they're taking advantage of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nerds. Yeah, they, they'll survive. That's oh, yeah. their life, isn't it? So <laughs> there you go. Very exciting. Cool. But I'd, I'd highly recommend anybody who's interested, a lot of interesting stuff out there about her. Um, she's <laughs> She was the woman to be reckoned with. Apparently swore like anything, shouted at anybody who would try to uh, persuade her that she, she's wrong or caught her in lying. And her defense mechanism was just to completely explode and like, you know, swear. And, and do we know what she looked like? We do. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Not the most approachable person, I would say. And I, and I think no, I think I think the moment she started shouting, everyone was running for their lives. Yeah. Like I think somebody described her as a um, uh, sort of she was quite a big woman with several chins. I like kind of like what several <laughs> chin has to do with anything. But anyway, she she loved her drink and food and just like yeah. And then she came up with this idea. And she was a crackpot. That's okay. <laughs> Thanks very much, Emma. My pleasure. <laughs> okay, um, let's see what's going on in Europe in the coming week. So the big thing that's uh, going on in Europe uh, next week is the continuation of the Edinburgh Skeptics on the Fringe things. So they have uh, basically a, a, a talk every night in Edinburgh, and they will talk about life after death, democracy, physics, fan fiction, Fukushima, uh, the science in drug and alcohol policy, and replication in psychology. So I think all very interesting topics. So if you're anywhere near Edinburgh, you should go and you should uh, see one or two or all of those talks. Indeed. On the 15th of August, there will be Glasgow Skeptics in the pub, and the theme will be Physics of Ghosts. They will be talking about what are the ghosts made of, and follow up by asking why do they haunt specific places, how do they move around, etc. On the same day, there will be a Reading Skeptics in the pub, and the theme will be The Idiot Brain, with Dean Burnett. They will be talking about the surprising, funny, and mind-bending examination of how and why the brain sabotages our behaviour. And on the next day, on Tuesday the 16th, Lesser, Skeptics in the Pub, will be about conspiracy theories. A critical introduction by Dr. Jovan Byford. A critical introduction. It sounds like um, conspiracy theories 101. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like an introduction. Uh, <laughs> Must be interesting, so go along if you're around the area. And on Thursday in Liverpool, you can see Cat Arnie talk about uh, herding Hemingway's cats, which is all about the language of genes, and it's based on her book. Good. All right. Is it all? I think Next so. That, I think so, yeah. That's all. That's all. Mm, so everyone's on a summer break, mm. apart from the, the Edinburgh skeptics. Yeah, no, they're all, everybody's in Edinburgh. That's the problem. Yeah, you must be right. Well, Edinburgh is for Europe, so it's not against. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, guys. All right. All right. Uh, what is it we're moving on to? Uh, we oh, are yeah. moving on to hot in Europe. Edinburgh, the home of the Scottish Enlightenment. The city that produced such sceptical luminaries as David Hume, James Hutton, Peter Higgs and Mary Somerville. Edinburgh. The Athens of the North, which for 300 years has been at the forefront of science, medicine and the arts. Edinburgh, home to insanely successful tourist ghost tours and haunted pubs. In August, the city hosts the world's biggest arts festival, where the population seems to double and the streets are awash with wannabe comedians all vying for our attention. 
who in their right mind would, in the middle of all this, try and organise 23 different free sceptical events across 23 consecutive nights? Animal sceptics, that's who. From Saturday the 6th to Sunday the 26th of August, we'll be putting on different free talk every single night. We're in the Banshee Labyrinth on Nidri Street at 7.50. If you're coming up to the city in August, please check out our website, edinburghsceptics.co.uk, for the full lineup, And please come along and say hi. Edinburgh Skeptics. Undiluted brilliance. That brings us to Brexit. Um, Brexit will have a lot of new consequences. And among those, there might be a few new regulations and rules uh, put in place in terms of healthcare. And that is what alltrials.net reports on, because the UK's Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, MHRA, has invited any interested parties to provide feedback on their new clinical trial guidance documents by the end of August 2016, which is particularly interesting because that's the actual deadline for similar regulatory consultations in the European Commission. And they're trying to put together their the four. There are four different documents uh, at the European Commission right now uh, that are accepting ideas and intakes. But since there might be a deviation from the European way for the UK in the future, they are now holding their own consultation. Apparently, so it's an interesting question whether they will actually deviate from, I mean, in terms of the content of the regulations, uh, deviate from, from Europe's. We'll see. Mm. Guys, I'm telling you our thing. Oh, the other thing yeah. about the UK and Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know where the European Medicines Agency is? Brussels. Is it in the UK, perhaps? It's in the UK. It's oh, in Lord. London. <laughs> It's in Canary Wharf. <laughs> um, oh boy! And oh, shoot. it just—I I think it was just recently moved there. And uh, we talked about the EMA, the European Medicines Agency, um, on one or two of our previous shows. And now that Brexit is happening, uh, apparently, some other countries express their interest in the EMA to be moved. There, yeah, of course, Ireland, uh, Sweden, um, I think Belgium as well. So, uh, interesting, there, there's going to be a kind of a competition for positioning the European Medicines Agency. And obviously, if the United Kingdom leaves the EU, the European Medicines Agency cannot stay in the EU. That's that's obvious in the UK. Ah, uh, in the UK, sorry, that's uh, yeah. Um, and I've got a piece of news about uh, alternative medicine clinic. This time it's in Germany. Three people died after the treatment in alternative cancer cl- clinic in Germany. And uh, the uh, clinic in question called Klaus Ross Clinic um, in, in a small town of Bruggenbracht. And it's on the border with the Netherlands. So in addition to this fatality, several further patients are being treated in hospital. And German prosecutors in town um, have urged other patients showing any symptoms to urgently seek medical advice. Now, the first concerns were raised uh, when a 43-year-old Dutch woman with breast cancer complained of headaches and became confused after being treated at that clinic on July 25th. She later lost the ability to speak and died on July 30th, so it was only five days window. Um, The cause of her death remains unclear. And the German prosecutor said um, in statement earlier this week um, that they're working on it. And many Dutch people are known to have visited the clinic. And while it's not yet known exactly what happened, there is a health risk to patients who have underdone treatment at the clinic, um, according to the statement by Dutch police. 
Now, this clinic is closed down because, obviously, the investigation into the deaths uh, of those patients uh, and a possible manslaughter charges against Klaus Ross, who runs the clinic. Um, and he himself gave a statement in which he said, one of our patients unexpectedly has passed away. We regret this seriously and are in shock. Um, and our thoughts and uh, condolences with the family. Alternative medicine is always an extra tool to battle disease. Well, let me strongly disagree with that. Um, hmm. And this yes. is a very big proof why it's not so, and why should we shouldn't trust alternative medicine. So something called 3BP was involved in um, uh, the uh, way that they were treating cancer patients. But this is a very uh, early stage, um, in the very stage, stages of research, this medicine for treating cancer. And it has been used by this doctor who apparently hasn't got any medical qualifications. So he isn't a doctor. He Well, yeah, I'm saying he's, he's a doctor. But um, the person in charge, Klaus Ross, has no medical qualifications, but claims mm. to have studied naturopathy and was a, a health practitioner, which is... Yeah, I'm assuming it's like a natural practitioner. Um, as mm. such, he's not licensed to ad administer any, any drugs like that. Gosh, I, d I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to research the clinic, make sure that, the, you know, the, the medical qualifications available, etc. But uh, I guess, again, this is just another example of um, how... This person is preying on very gullible and very vulnerable people who are desperate to, to try anything. and mm. But in this instance, it's obviously resulted in, in death, in fatalities. Um, Terrible. So I'm very sad to report this story, although I have to say I'm not surprised. And watch this space for uh, the outcome, because it'll be very interesting to see what the um, outcome of this investigation will be. Do you remember what happened on um, the 24th of July in um, Ansbach, Germany? A bombing. Yeah, that was a suicide bombing. Mm. Um, it's outside a wine bar and uh, a 20-year-old Syrian refugee exploded a bomb um, in his backpack. And uh, it killed a guy and uh, injured 15 people. And... Out of those 15, four were injured seriously. But the thing is, and Edzard Ernst wrote about it, um, and he cites a report published in German that this 27-year-old suicide bomber had been treated um, in an institution called Exilio, it's an it's an alternative therapist um, who offer holistic help for immigrants under the leadership of uh, a woman called Gisela Maltitz. And they try to give holistic help for people to people with uh, with psychological problems uh -huh. and uh, stress and distress. Okay, so the, uh, that that is um, by by some considered to be quackery what they're doing, and apparently it didn't work hmm. because the guy actually was so disturbed that when he got um, kicked out of a, of a an event, and since having no ticket he was barred from entering, um, he decided to set the bomb and it went off. So this is yet another, another example of uh, how quackery can lead to terrible things. Because if someone, uh, for example, if, if his family or people around him um, thought that because he gets some treatment, uh, his stress will be dealt with, but apparently nothing happened, uh, at least nothing of that kind. Well, this is what it can lead to. So, in uh, news about the Pope, uh, we, we all know uh, Pope Francis, right? He's supposed to be such a great guy. Yeah, he's um, a somewhat of a, a pop star, or sorry, rock yeah, star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he's much better than the previous Sith Lord uh, Senator Palpatine that they had before, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Yeah, normally, well, that, that's that's what the, the, that's the perception. But well, even the current Pope shows his true colors once in a while. Uh, this nearly made it to my really wrong segment today, but uh, Pope Francis already has that award from before, so I give him a pass on this. You can one never have too many pontus. You can never <laughs> have too many, especially for Pope Francis. No. So, but I will uh, talk about it here anyway. So, during the recent celebration of World Youth Day, uh, the Pope was in Poland uh, and he told the Polish bis- uh, bishops, and I quote, Today, children are taught this at school, that everyone can choose their own sex. And why do they teach this? Because the books come from those people and institutions who give money. So that's a nice little conspiracy theory that, that we, we teach uh, uh, that you can change your own sex because we want to sell books. What kind school. of books? What, what, have, what, what is he talking about? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what he's talking about. Who is making millions on transgender books? Yeah, they, Am I missing everyone, something? Everyone, everyone. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. But but what really gets me I mean, first of all, it's such a silly idea that the reason for this is that people want to sell books. So I mean but the, what really bugs me is that Especially that coming from the, the Catholic Church. Eh. <laughs> yeah, they are, they have a best most best selling book in the world. So but does he really and all other homophobic transgender haters do they really think that anybody is saying that you can change your gender at will nobody's saying that what we're saying is that you're born in a certain way and you can't do much about it and there's no harming it harm in it so let's you know just accept it but uh, he, he 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 you know he thinks it's all about lifestyle and choice and stuff and that that's n- nobody's saying that it is that but I guess uh, that popes will be popes. Like friends will be friends. I, <laughs> I literally like imagine how their brainstorm session went. You know, where Pope and his minions sat around and thought, how can we <laughs> tie anything to transgender agenda? Yeah. Ah, yes, they're doing it in schools because they want to sell. This was just probably number 10 on the list, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Desperate. Nice conspiracy theory there. Yeah. Mm. Classical. I think he he passed uh, Conspiracy Theory 101 already. Another silly thing that's coming out of Hungary. Oh, the Hungary. Homeopathic. Strikes again. Sorry. <laughs> Hungary strikes back again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, you know. Okay. Yeah. You know, Carry on. Carry you'll on. see. You'll see. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I'm ready. Homeopathic mattresses. Oh, that's when you're sleeping on a stone floor, right? Yeah, that's what you would think. <laughs> but actually, it turns out when you when you uh, examine it further, what they claim is that the cover of the mattress is coated with an allegedly anti-allergenic substance that is homeopathic in nature. Wow. Fantastic. Uh, now, there is no word of what that thing is actually about. I mean, uh, what the original substance is, uh, what the original tincture is, and what the homeopathic potential is of the substance. So this is just yet another crazy way of uh, using the fact that people are so into homeopathy that they will be more likely to buy the mattress, which is not particularly expensive by the way so it's about uh, let me say it's about 500 euros and that's i would say about 70 percent more expensive than a normal mattress would be Mm. so they don't make too much money out of it apparently but still the idea of selling it something based on yeah, such a claim that it's the the coating of it is homeopathic in nature. That's just <laughs> crazy. Yeah, crazy. There is something else. It's a positive thing that Facebook is doing, and it's on their news feed um, from August the fourth that they are trying to get rid of the clickbait. Yes, I saw that. That's really great. 
Yeah, it is very good. Yeah. So you know those uh, those headlines that oh you won't believe what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those so they are trying to adjust their already existing algorithms to, to be used as uh, the spam filters on on emails. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a good idea. See if they if it works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, these are the, the actual expressions that they're going to look for, like like you wouldn't believe that happened. And that, there is one example that they give that when she looked under her couch cushions and saw this, I was shocked. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting move. It's very important because that's how a lot of misinformation and a lot of craziness is being spread. Yeah. So that's a good move. So thank you very much, guys. What I would like to do now is um, have you, Yelena, talk about um, logical fallacy. I would like that very much too. So today I will be talking about post hoc fallacy, um, which is a very well spread, well known fallacy to, well, let me talk about it and then you'll know, you'll know why I'm saying that. Um, and it's post hoc ergo propter hoc. And it translates after this, therefore, because of this. Uh, it's a logical fallacy that states, um, since event Y followed event X, then event Y must have been caused by event X. And it is often shortened to simply post hoc fallacy. And, and um, the fallacy lies in coming to a conclusion based solely on the order of events, rather than taking into account other factors that might rule out the connection. Um, and I've got quite good examples for you here, guys. Um, in the absolute theory of spontaneous generation, people once erroneously believed that maggots arose spontaneously from rotting meat. How about that? Uh, due to observing their presence at the site of rotting meat. And then Francesco Reddy disproved this by using jars with leads, uh, permeable to air but not insects, compared to uncovered jars. The flies could only enter the uncovered jars, and those were the only ones in which maggots appeared. How exciting. But yeah, it's a um, very common fallacy. And it's a fallacy that we all probably um prone to fall for. Because it's sometimes easy to, you know, to look at something and then something else happened. And you go, of course, it's your fault because you appeared, you know, something happened. Oh, I'm sorry, but I'm going back to the same, you know, the, the refugee crisis. Because refugees came, and then everything is bad in Europe. Oh, I have a great example of that from Hungary. Uh, Not the one you already used, because you've used few. No, no, no. no. It's um, the Hungarian government is now preparing for a referendum. How good is that? And the referendum is going to be about a thing that they couldn't hold a referendum on in the first place but never mind and it's whether to accept the quotas of refugees from the european union and we are talking about 1300 people mm. and they are now doing a huge countrywide bulletin campaign huge bulletins are saying Absolutely bogus things. So, like, all the mindless idiotism is displayed on these bulletins. And one of them mm. is, is a classic example of a post hoc fallacy. That, did you know... All of them start with the, with the question, did you know? Mm -hmm. And it goes, like, 300 people have been murdered since the beginning of the refugee crisis in Europe. <laughs> Obviously, with the other uh, uh, bulletins saying uh, similar, similar things, um, the connection is made in the mind of the reader. That this is because of it. Why would it? Why would they be yeah. um, mentioned yeah. one after the other? It's not actually explicitly no, that, but it, it's very so much it implies that. Absolutely, it implies no, that. It no doesn't say that, it. but no. it implies that, and it's they can't and say it's that. a disgusting, cheeky bastard thing to do. Yes, it is pretty disgusting. And this is what's going on. Mm. And yeah, it's uh, 
it co- it costs the the taxpayers of Hungary several million euros. When is this referendum again? It's in October. You need to let us know what the results are. Well, I do know what the results will be. Whatever happens. Oh, oh, is that like that? Similar to Russia? Doesn't yeah. matter what happens, we know what the yeah, results are. Yeah, it's very are. similar to Russia these days. Whatever Putin wants, Putin gets. Yeah. I should write a song about him. Whatever Putin wants. Yeah, his <clears throat> little brother, Viktor. Oh, yeah. He's the same. He's the same. <laughs> anyway, better not talk about him on our podcast either. No. Maybe take this out because, you know, I want to leave. Well, all right. Thank you very much, Emma, for uh, yeah, bringing danger upon us. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Yeah, you keep doing that. It's, Whatever. You've got to talk about these things, don't you? Know you? What, you know what? Good. Let's hear Pontus instead. Let's hear him talk about somebody who was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mr. Bookman. Yes. I'm pretty sure that you have a really wrong situation stocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Are you all familiar with the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung? Oh, it sounds, sounds nice. It sounds German. It is German. Uh, that translates to the to Frankfurt General Newspaper, roughly. And uh, it is the second largest national newspaper in Germany. And it's also the, the German newspaper with the largest circulation abroad. So it carries a lot of weight. That's why it's quite disturbing when uh, on the 6th of August they published an article on the science pages, no less, written by the chair of the German Association of Homeopaths. <laughs> nice. Her name is Cornelia Bajic, Bajic I think it's called... Uh, let's maybe say that. Cornelia Bajic. If it's if it's homeopathy, then it definitely has to be budget. <laughs> <laughs> she, of course, is a homeopath, uh, but also calls herself a general pra- practitioner and a psychotherapist. Of course, this was not missed by Dr. Edzard Ernst, uh, who we all know and love and we, who we also interviewed. I think it was in episode number 10. Uh, and he has a very good blog post about this article. The article itself is called Homeopathy, the fighting days are over. So uh, she urges there that real doctors, I, I'm, it's my words, real doctors, uh, should stop fighting homeopathy and instead see it as an added treatment, not as an alternative. And this is, of course, the old complementary gambit. Mm. Uh, and this is quite dis- disingenuous, really, because... We hear all the time about quacks who are suggesting that you should take homeopathy instead of real treatments. But that's not what she says in her article. It should be complementary. Um, and I don't understand how this could be, uh, you know, the complementary approach. What's the idea with that? How can things be better if you add fake medicine to real medicine? Mm. Doesn't make any sense to me. Placebo. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, she goes on to call uh, critics of homeopathy a dogmatic and calling homeopathy a big success. She's saying that uh, critics are afraid of new treatments. But I don't know how you can call a 200-year-old unchanged and unproven idea new. But that's what she says. Uh, uh, but I, I do recommend our listeners to go to Ed Sardern's website and read his takedown of her arguments because he does an excellent job of that. Of course. I, I always like how people like her disregard any history, any facts, any statistics about homeopathy, and they just go right ahead and say homeopathy is successful and it works. And mm. it's like, uh, mm-hmm. have you seen the statistics and hundreds of research articles? <laughs> well, <laughs> to, to prove the the thing is that there are research articles. It's just a matter of cherry picking. Yeah. So. If you know how to cherry pick your data, then you can come up with a lot of positive outcomes. And yeah, that must be but very also, Yeah, sure. And reassuring. And you can pick you can cherry pick among the studies as well. So in the studies you can cherry pick data and if you want to do a meta study you can also cherry pick studies. Yeah. And usually you pick up the studies that were not very uh, well performed, so you get strange outcomes, and then you use that. Yeah. So this is what but systematic anyway, reviews are for. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. But I'm not, I'm not su- so surprised or shocked that she's, uh, uh, you know, talking uh, about homeopathy this way. That's that's what they do. What is surprising and very concerning mm-hmm. is that such a major paper as the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung, I love to say that, it lends itself to this propaganda uh, and in the actual science pages. And I don't know whether this is an example of false balance that you could sometimes we need to talk about homeopathy or yeah, or yeah. perhaps or being misled. Yes, or perhaps it's due to some temporary employee during the summer vacation. I don't know who accepted <laughs> this article. <laughs> Slipped through the net. Uh, yeah, but it never, never, you know, it's not an excuse for such a prominent uh, news outlet to do this thing. Publishing this homeopathy homeopathy propaganda as science without any critique is really unforgivable. Agreed. So for uncritically participating in misleading the public regarding homeopathy, the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung gets today's prize for being really wrong. Thank you very much, Pontus. Thank you. It is a well-deserved, really wrong prize. Oh, wow. Actually, I do agree with her in a way, mm-hmm. because homeopathy is a huge success. <laughs> yes. Business-wise, commercially, it's a huge success. Commercially, it's very successful. It's a commercial yeah. super, super exactly. success, unfortunately. Thank you very much again. Thank you. Hello, Richard Saunders here from the Skeptic Zone podcast, a podcast for science and reason from Australia. Every week since 2008, The Skeptic Zone has brought you reports, interviews, and investigations from all around the world. We have many listeners all through Europe. That's The Skeptic Zone podcast at www.skepticzone.tv. Are you annoyed by misinformation spreading like crazy and you want to stop the flood of nonsense coming from all directions? Go to Wikipedia, as do all those millions out there. Did you know there's an edit button on all Wikipedia articles? Why don't you go and hit that button to start making the world's largest online encyclopedia a more reliable source of information? If you're specifically interested in skeptical topics, Come and join us at Guerrilla Skepticism on Wikipedia, an international endeavor to change the world for the better, word by word. There are many ways you can contribute. You just need to start. You speak several languages, all the more reason to join us. We provide training and all the help you need. If you want to make a change, there's a nice community waiting for you out there. Contact us at gsowteam at gmail.com, visit our website that's gorillaskeptics.com or check out the Gorilla Skepticism on Wikipedia Facebook page. I think we are getting close to the end of the show. Mm-hmm. There are a few things that I'd like to talk about before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. And... One of them is a petition. Do you guys remember that uh, petition from Spain uh, when the young gentleman died because of quackery yeah, and yeah, his yeah. father started yeah. a petition? And the, the goal of the petition is 70, uh, 75,000 mm-hmm. uh, people. And now we are standing at 57,000. So if you could uh, try and share the petition... Uh, dear listeners, that would be great and that would be fantastic. Uh, it would be a great help uh, for this cause to to be a success. Can you just remind the um, uh, listeners what the page is? Um, the page is it's, it's on change.org and it's it's a Spanish language petition, but we will link uh, to it on the show notes. And since we are mentioning um, the Spanish skeptics, the Spanish skeptics seem seem to be really at it because um, they are establishing um, a grant, a research grant um, for projects 
of the critical analysis of uh, paranormal claims and pseudoscientific claims uh, from a scientific and rational point of view. And they offer 300 euros plus a bonus of another 300 euros for those scholars whose work has been published or accepted for publication in a magazine or published by other means recognized widely. So it's, it's a good opportunity for, for skeptics in Spain or, or those uh, who speak Spanish because that's offered by um, the Spanish skeptical organization ARP, uh, the Society for the Advancement of Critical Thinking. And they are calling for um, fictional stories as well about critical thinking. Uh, this is an, a kind of an essay competition. Um, I could not figure out what the what, what the, the prizes are, but I think it's uh, an opportunity for uh, for your work being published uh, by the the ARP. Uh, they have a, a periodical that's called uh, Esceptico, and there is another skeptical organization in Spain, not not only ARP, but uh, that is called Circula Esceptico, and. They have established a journalism award for critical thinking, for the advancement of critical thinking. And it's named after uh, a certain Jose Carlos Perez Cobo. You can enter the competition with, uh, with an, an essay and the, the details are given on the website that we will link to on the show notes. One last thing, that is QED. Because... Apparently, the registration for the QED crash um, is still open until um, uh, extended until the fifteenth of August. So, after the release of this episode, you will still have a few days. If you are planning on coming over to QED in Manchester this October, but the problem you face is that you don't know what to what to do with your children because there is no one around to take care of them, um, there is a crash facility offered or a crash service um, offered for children during the conference, which is a great opportunity and they have adequate facilities and fully trained staff so it's your children will be in good hands but you will need to contact the the organizers and let them know that you you will need that anything else not not from me really um no just um no. another shout out to people who are still on the fence and haven't booked qd do it quickly yeah it's going to be a great great event i think we talked about qd quite a lot yeah on like every other episode. <laughs> or every every episode, yeah. But what I'd like you to talk about now is is a quote. Yeah, well, it's not going to take long because it's quite a short one today. Um, the quote comes from William Ramsey, who uh, was a Scottish chemist. And he said, Progress is made by trial and failure. The failure are generally a hundred times more numerous than the successes yet they are usually left unchronicled. Yeah, like history. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. This wraps up our episode today. I think so. Yeah. I think so too. It's been a great pleasure. As always. And especially a very special experience <laughs> sitting next to one another here. Yeah, and strange, And trying it? to figure out how to do it uh, technically. Mm. Yeah, let's do it the normal way next week. <laughs> All right. Until then, goodbye. <laughs> That's correct. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments, or death threats to info at theesp.eu. 
We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Rubb and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe Oh, can you hear that? I can hear that. Oh, what did I want to say? Thank people for feedback and move on to the next phase of our podcast. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think maybe we should. I mean, I, I think we're really like 20 minutes in. Yeah. Yes, Pontus. <laughs> what? I don't know why. Never mind. I, just, I think I want Pontus to lead the podcast. I don't know. Is it like subconscious, do you think? <laughs> could be, could be. No, it's not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is called last minute research. No, I thought I've got... Oh, yeah, there you go. When you hear that, that's mm-hmm. called last minute research, yeah. <laughs> LMR. On the same day, there will be a Reading Skeptics in the pub with idiot brain, but... And done. <laughs> in... <laughs> it sounds like. Are you sure it's it sounds like the wine and you the brain and done Burnett are kind of the same. Okay. And this is about genes and the genetic languages. No, the genetic language. The language of genetics. That's you what mean. I want to say. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh boy.